Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Mick Jones of Foreigner, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We're part of a vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This episode, uh, episode 142, we're calling it Light Band Heavy Single. It's kind of an offshoot episode, uh, sort of an expansion episode on uh, on episode 81, which was about novelty singles. One little part of that, item two, was about heavy songs by bands not particularly associated with heaviness or heavy metal. And there we used as an example the Osmonds, Crazy Horses. So that song would have fit on this episode as well. But this is essentially an expansion and looking at the different concepts of these bands that might be considered light bands, doing a heavy single. Did it work? Why did it work? Well, I'm going to tell you right now why it worked. Um, I was discussing this with uh, Tim Durling this morning, actually, and Tim has helped me out with uh, with a lot of these examples, as has my South African connection, Neil Miller. But, uh, you know, as Tim and I sort of worked out together, it's this idea of people like heavy metal. They just don't know it, right? That's kind of the idea. People like to rock out. Um, you know, they think they think their songs by all these mellow bands are the, are the, are their favorite ones are the mellow ones, but then they're confronted with a, with a guitar riff or a, or a fuzz pedal on a guitar and they go wild. Why is that? It's because heavy metal is awesome. Um, and that's sort of the the theme of the episode here, how uh, everybody kind of likes this and the bands themselves like it as well. And I've got a telling quote coming up uh, a little bit later uh, on that. But uh, yeah, so stick around for the honorable mentions. Again, there's there's a lot of cool honorable mentions in there and they're marbled uh, throughout here as well. Uh, but let's get started with our first selection. This is Heart with Little Queen. Now you're hot on the presence of day, little queen. Making your passion play, little queen. 
All right, so this is the second single from the Little Queen album. The album did amazing, and guess what? It's kind of a hard rock song, isn't it? Uh, so here, Hart is delivering something fairly heavy. Uh, that that is uh, that turns out to be a song that classic rock radio is perfectly fine with. There's the obvious example uh, from Hart, of course, with Barracuda, which actually went to number eleven. That's like that's kind of a shockingly heavy song uh, from Hart. It's their heaviest song, and it's probably their most popular song. Uh, so I definitely wanted to mention Barracuda as well. Um, and, you know, I've always, I, I've I've come up with this thing that I say a lot of times, uh, don't Barracuda me, uh, which is a little bit about uh, when people uh, tell me, oh, this band is so heavy. Look at Barracuda from Heart, you know, and they say that about Dust and these other bands. I, I don't want to go on about it because I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, but that's an uncommonly heavy band uh, or song by the band. And it, it comes into the discussion when people kind of lazily call Heart a heavy, heavy band. But this episode is more about about uh, a song being successful uh, and uh, and and a single. There's one of these that's not quite a single, but we'll we'll get to that. But uh, you know, I even I even figure a song like Magic Man kind of has a spooky heaviness, even in a, a kind of an occult vibe to it. To me, to me, there's a heaviness to that song, and yet it's also a uh, a an enormously you know successful early hit for the band. So that's another example of people liking heaviness out of heart. Uh, also, crazy on you, heartless. Uh, sleep alone. How can I review? How can I refuse the greatest heart song of all time? Um, Baby Lestrange, even it up. So those two songs from the Baby Lestrange album are pretty rock and pretty heavy. So Heart's an interesting case of a band where. Um, there's definitely no animosity to putting out the heavier songs from that band uh, as singles. Uh, granted, there's there's other stuff as well, but you know, you look at that list that I just rattled off. They all got you know a heavy component to them or heavy part. Maybe the verse isn't heavy. Maybe the chorus uh, is uh, that kind of thing. So. I wanted to mention another one in the female category here, uh, and I did mention this uh, back at episode 81, uh, I believe, but uh, I remember when Pat Benatar's In the Heat of the Night came out, her debut album, and the first song on the album is Heartbreaker, and it's crunchingly heavy for 1979. It's, it's kind of poignant that I'm mentioning 1979 because that was definitely a year where there wasn't that much heaviness, so it was pretty interesting to hear something heavy. And then this was on the radio as well. Now, why was it on the radio, do you think? Um, part part of it is uh, this idea of people like heaviness, they just don't know it, right? That's kind of the idea. But also, I think there's a little bit with that song, the idea that the heaviness is tempered back by having having this high chirpy female vocal on it. So it's like heavy metal, but not an extreme heavy metal vocal. You stick this vocal on, you you know, you even it out, you do the math, it's okay for, for radio kind of thing. Um, another one also actually right from that same year, again, it's interesting that it's 1979, Jefferson Starship Jane from the Freedom at Point Zero album, 1979. You look on Spotify, 47 million plays for that song. Every other song on that album, 200,000 plays. So... And it's a pretty heavy riff. Uh, so here it is, uh, Jefferson Starship, never, you know, Airplane Starship, never considered a heavy band. There's a few other rocky things on this album as well. But um, that was a hit. And again, I swear it was a hit because 
People like heavy metal. They just don't know it. Another one from 79, which is kind of interesting in this realm, is Robert Palmer with Jealous, which is a totally rockin', straightforward, heavy song. It's almost even a little bit punky, but it's but it's very well behaved the way it's put together. But it's funny that there are these... Um, these 79 ones one that's a little bit off october 1978 toto hold the line so the debut toto album is kind of a poppy proggy album but hold the line i swear that is such a big hit because of those heavy chords people love dramatic big power chords with fuzz pedal on right um so hold the line on that album. This album's got a lot of Spotify plays. Man, people people love this record. 418 million plays for Hold the Line from that album. Second best is Georgie Porgy with 48 million plays. And the rest are all under 10 million, mostly around 2 million on it. But yeah, that's a lot of plays for that Toto album. But I swear, again, Toto, heavy metal, people are like, yeah, I'll have some more of that, right? All right, let's move on to our next selection. This is Sammy Hager with Heavy Metal. Right. So the funny thing about Sammy is that all of these records have all sorts of wayward different styles on it. But um, I think he wants to sort of, uh, uh, you know, he he's definitely has no problem trying to identify with heavy metal, even though he's not heavy metal. And, and proof of that, Tim pointed this out as well. Turn up the music, an early song, which is not heavy metal, which is all about, you know, I, I could have put this on my, my radio, uh, positive radio songs thing that I'm thinking about doing. But come on, baby. Yeah, all right. Burn up the music. We want to rock tonight. Heavy metal music. Uh, oh, that feels all right. Turn it up. Turn it up. Radio O. Uh, so there you go. So there, there is Sammy saying, uh, yeah, I'm heavy metal. He's putting his hand up yet. He's not very heavy metal. He just does it uh, kind of every once in a while to, to me, he's kind of like a heavy version of the whole Brian Adams, John Mellencamp thing. But uh, here he is, headbangers and leather, right? Heavy metal. Um, so he's really trying to identify with heavy metal, and he's a savvy businessman. He knows there's a new wave of British heavy metal going on. He's he's touring over there. He's kind of famous over there. Um, and, but he's but they want to hear the heavy stuff. So here he is writing an anthem for heavy metal. I almost included this on my anthems show, but I didn't. Um, I, there I put "There's Only One Way to Rock," which is another one of him trying to be fairly heavy metal. And he's telling us, right? There's only one way to rock, and he doesn't really believe that. He believed there's a, there's about five ways to rock. But here he's trying to say that there's only one way to rock, and that's heavy metal, right? So that's kind of interesting. This planet's on fire, the heaviest song from Street Machine. That was a single in the UK. I Can't Drive 55 is a little little heavy as well. Um, another band I kind of figure fits in this whole thing uh, of the Sammy Hager realm is April Wine. Uh, so they're a band that plays, again, they ha- they think there's about five ways to rock, uh, not one. Um, but they have no problem putting out heavy songs as singles. And, uh, you, you know, you can tell they like playing heavy music. And, uh, and they know that heavy music sells as well. So Roller... Uh, Ooh, what a night earlier. Uh, that's Stand Back, 1973. Roller is from First Glance, which I believe is 79. Weeping Widow is another early one. You know, I like to rock this whole, this whole harder, faster. Actually, 
a roller first glance, that would be 78, I guess, because uh, the Harder Faster album is 79. Uh, but yeah, there's some heavy songs on there that were put out as singles as well. Another one that kind of fits in this realm also in a weird way is Alice Cooper. Um, Alice Cooper had a, had a various, uh, various styles of music put out as singles. He's another guy that doesn't think there's only one way to rock, although he might say it, uh, from time to time, but, uh, well, no, I guess he doesn't, but, uh, you know, uh, I think three of his most famous songs, three pretty famous songs are schools out billion dollar babies and muscle of love. I think those are his three heaviest metal songs. Um, from from the old original group and they're three of the most famous songs uh, you move on to Welcome to a Nightmare and Cold Ethel was a pretty famous song from that so was Black Widow later on you got Go to Hell um, you know pretty much the heaviest song from Alice Cooper Goes to Hell so he realizes this stuff as well he's, he's fine with heavy metal um all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on to item three here. Example three in episode 142, light band heavy single. This is Yes with Hold On. Okay, from 90125, and there's also Owner of a Lonely Heart, right? And City of Love, really, from this album that are pretty rocking. Uh, you know, Trevor Rabin actually calls the riff of Owner of a Lonely Heart the, the heavy metal guitar riff, right? And I, I believe I did feature that possibly on episode 81 as well, or somewhere back there as a novelty hit or or one of these songs out, out of style. Um but pretty rockin', and and again, Owner of a Lonely Heart was a huge hit uh, because people love that heavy metal guitar. Hold on, you see the big, heavy, crunching guitar in there. And Yes would go on and do some pretty heavy stuff in Big Generator from Big Generator, Rhythm of Love from that album, Shoot High, Aim Low as a pretty heavy chorus to it. Um, so this is an example. Uh, again, these prog guys, this is the theme of this, uh, this number three item, is these prog guys... Um, when they do get around to playing a heavy riff, you can tell their eyes light up, right? They really do like it. Think of the opening of Machine Messiah on drama, right? Uh, Asia 
had some heavy stuff and it excited people uh, to buy the albums. It wasn't just the poppy singles uh, that, that made people like Asia. It was the big rock and stuff as well. Same with GTR for the other off offshoot group. Um, there was some heavy stuff on the GTR album. Steve Hackett is a solo artist. You know, he's one of his main directions is pretty stomping heavy stuff. Um, and he, and he loves making a lot of guitar noise and stuff. And they were pretty heavy in Genesis as well. Um, some Genesis stuff that uh, that you could go to and find some kind of heavy, darkish things. The Knife, uh, Watcher of the Skies, sections, parts of like Dancing with the Moonlit Nights, Supper's Ready, Twilight Alehouse, uh, Return of the Giant Hogweed, um, Fly on a Windshield later on in the song, Back in uh, NYC, Later on in any way, um, uh, Dance on a Volcano, Squonk, Los Endos. So there's a lot of stuff all over even the Genesis, Genesis catalogs that's pretty heavy. Uh, also in heavy in, in Prague, um, what is King Crimson's uh, most famous song? 21st Century Schizoid Man. You know, heavy enough that April Wine would cover it later. I think there's other covers of it. But people love the buzzsaw heaviness of it, the darkness of it. So again, it's people liking this kind of music. Also from Prague, Kansas with Carry On Wayward Son. Um, you know, people love all the rhythmic stuff in there, but people also love that it's a heavy, hard-hitting song. Jethro Tull from the Aqualung album. What are the two biggest songs on it? Aqualung and Locomotive Breath, which are both you know, quasi heavy metal songs off of that, uh, focus, hocus pocus, you know, that's more of a novelty hit for the, for the, um, you know, the yodeling in it, but it's a, it's a very cool modern heavy metal riff for a, for an old song like that, uh, for, for, from a prog band, a Dutch prog brand, uh, you know, and semi prog, um, Valley girl from Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa had a lot of stuff that, that I thought was pretty heavy that we, that we were into, but, uh, but again, when, when, you know, you, you can almost feel the band coming alive when, when Frank, you know, pulls out the sinister, the sinister footwear that, you know, the, the sinister heavy metal riffs. Um, you know, he likes that stuff. Everybody likes that stuff, right? It's the whole theme of this. So, okay, let's take a listen to our fourth selection here. This is Brownsville Station with Smoking in the Boys Room. Let me tell you about it. Okay, so this is from Yeah, nineteen seventy-three. Um, you know, to me, it sounds like they're they're a they're a uh, I think they're from Ann Arbor or, or Pontiac or something. They're one of these Detroit bands who's part of that whole scene, and and thusly, they sound a little bit like a cross between Alice Cooper and Grand Funk. Um, but uh, you know, the the neat thing about this song, so so for us as kids, I got this on one of those KTEL. Um, compilations music explosion or something like that one of those uh ktel was a canadian company who put out all these comp compilations and that's where we got a lot of these these early heavy songs i remember definitely the focus sweet little willie uh came from there osmond's crazy horses uh so that helped light us up about heavy stuff it's like you could tell by playing all that stuff against tie tie a yellow ribbon by tony orlando that you like the heavy stuff uh but this was one on there and 
what you hear from this band, they weren't produced particularly heavy and, and Cub Coda loved his 50s stuff. So they did a lot of covers as well. So there's a lot of like covering of old classics on Brownsville albums, but they're they're actually kind of heavy for, for their day. They're just not produced particularly heavy. But here you hear, um, you hear big sustaining heavy chords and you hear kind of like... Uh, uh, heavyish, semi-darkish chord sequences on here. It's definitely a mo- novelty song as well about smoking in the boys' room. And you also get an example of an extreme vocal. So it's kind of a heavy song, um, <clears throat> but it shows that this is one of their heavier songs, one of their more modern songs, one of the rare songs that they wrote. Um, but you can also hear that um, that putting it out was a good idea because heavy metal sells, I guess. You know, to, to reiterate or, or come at the theme of this episode in another direction. Uh, it's it's funny. Yeah, late, later on, they, they kind of like uh, re-emphasize the heaviness of these things. You could check out the Brownsville Station album from 1977 and the Air Special album from 1978 when they were just called Brownsville. Those are both pretty heavy if you want to find some other stuff. Um, but also in this realm, uh, I feel like Steppenwolf belongs with Born to be Wild, and they belong with that heavy, crunching, weird, guitar-y intro to Magic Carpet Carpet Ride, which turns into just a really tuneful, cool, hooky song, but it's not particularly heavy. Um, but it's got the heavy jamming stuff in it as well. So uh, again, it's, it's this idea of proof that people like heaviness, that light bands uh, can actually get hits with heavy stuff. Um, you know, and all of this is kind of the opposite of the whole extreme more than words or heavy bands getting hits with light stuff, right? So that's another another kind of a dimension to this whole thing. Um, and also I brought up Grand Funk. I mean, I, I think the most famous Grand Funk song is probably We're an American Band, and it's kind of their more straightforward, most straightforward hit you between the eyes, uh, heaviest song. All right, let's go on to our last selection here. Last but kind of first in a in a certain way, which we'll discuss. This is the Beatles with Helter Skelter. Don't you want me? All right. I don't think I've ever really uh, had, have we had Beatles on here at all uh, up to 142 episodes? I know uh, Beatles has come in for discussion, but I'm not sure I've ever used it as an example. Um, Might've used it in the early heavy metal episode possibly, but here the idea um, to, to link it directly to this is, uh, well, let, let me read you something. So I interviewed Paul McCartney back in 2018, and he told me this. This is this is verbatim, and this kind of drives home the point of this episode. Yeah, no, I think what, what heavy metal came out of was a desire to rock, and to rock big and dirty and loud. And for that, you don't have to have rules. You talk about what made us do Helter Skelter. It's just a desire to rock dirty, and just rock dirty and loud. Excuse me, by the way, if I, I seem to recall, I might have I might have read this quote before on an, on an old episode. Anyways, and when I listened, but it's Paul, right? And uh, when I listen to it now, I think, oh gosh I thought it was louder and dirtier than that because times have changed you know but I think it's just that if you're in a rock and roll band your soul 
soul is anchored in the sea of rock and roll and you want to do it. You want to do it. You want to participate to your fullest. And sometimes that means being dirty, being loud. You know, guitarists are famous for turning up to 11. And that's a very understandable desire. I mean, I still now, when I get uh, with my band and we're at a sound check, just strapping on my electric guitar and kicking in a pedal, turning it up, that's the spirit that kind of goes through rock and roll. You know, it's a thrill. Anyone who has ever owned an electric guitar and put it through an amp knows that thrill. So I think that's where it all came from, the desire to just thrash it out. So, you know, that's why we did Helter Skelter. And I'm sure that's probably why the guys, the precursors of heavy metal, and I'm sure that's where the heavy metal guys did it and then just pretty much just did it. You know, anyways, it's good to have balance, but I think it's just an addictive feeling. So, you know, he's a little all over the place there, but the genius of that quote is he literally outlined the theme of this episode in close to a dozen ways, right? A dozen slightly nuanced, similar, but slightly different ways. So everything is in that quote about uh, this idea of light bands playing heaviness. Everybody's antenna goes up. Everybody just kind of wakes up if they're still a little hungover or whatever from the night before. Um Heavy metal is like coffee to these bands, and and it's uh, it's just a really cool extra thing. And I've had many bands tell me, many bands on the lighter side tell me that um, their most enjoyable things to play live on stage are, are the heavy songs, right? Um, so that was cool. So so that's that's the Beatles from November twenty second, nineteen sixty eight, and Helter Skelter wasn't particularly a single, but it's it's kind of turned into a single over the years because it has become a classic rock stage. Well, it was a B-side in 1976, and it was an A-side uh, on a on a like a, kind of a jukebox single thing in 1996. Uh, all right, some honorable mentions here. Um, I believe I didn't want to use this one because I've talked about it before in this realm. Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. You know, give Mark Knopfler a, a an electric guitar and a riff, and uh, and people are starved for it, and they love it because that you know otherwise they just get all that uh, thoughtful acoustic stuff from them, right? Eagles, Victim of Love. Uh, Neil Miller also mentioned a few extra examples here, which I thought were good. Pearl Jam, Spin the Black Circle. Neil Young, Hey Hey My My, uh, Into the Black Opera Star, right? Uh, opera star as well. Um, so, so there's Neil Young rocking out. So people were perfectly fine, uh, starved for getting some rocking out of, out of Neil. And, and it turned out to be this famous late in life, uh, you know, massive new style for him that, that, uh, gave him really a second career playing heavy stuff. Right. Um, Queen is a funny one. Uh, Neil mentions, I want it all and hammer to fall tellingly both Brian May's songs. So Queen was one of these bands that rocked in various different ways, but they had no problem quite often doing a heavy song as a single. Uh, Sisters of Mercy, Detonation Boulevards, ZZ Top ask Foot Tapper from the erstwhile goths. Jethro Tull, This Is Not Love, ZZ Top uh, uh, ask uh, Foot Tapper from the erstwhile minstrels. Alice Cooper, Gimme. Alice does new metal. A Marillion, Hooks in You, Van Halen-esque. Peter Cetera, Living in the Limelight. Yeah, I remember that one as a kid or whatever year that came out. Hate Peter Cetera to death, you know, that whole style. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of a, a heavy song from him. And then Blackfoot went and covered it, right? Um, REM, What's the Frequency? Frequency Kenneth is an interesting uh, mention from Neil. Definitely a turnoff for many of the people who got on board with Losing My Religion, Stand Man on the Moon, Everybody Hurts, and Shiny Happy People. Um, so yeah, so REM would rock out occasionally and it was a 
fresh direction for them, right? Greg Lake, nuclear attack. That was pretty funny. He mentions it was a single in Japan. Power station, some like it hot. And when I was talking to Tim Durling, well, actually, he'll come up again here, but he mentioned a few different power station things. I, I didn't go go away and, and play these to check them out. Um, and sorry, I can't remember who, who sent me this email or wrote this in. Maybe this was on the Facebook page. Um, but someone said, I'm convinced the chart success of hard rock and heavy metal in 1980-86 influenced artists outside the genre to pinch elements such as heavy riffs, guitar soloing, and pounding drums. Here are some examples I thought of. Don Henley, Dirty Laundry. Rolling Stones, Undercover of the Night, Rod Stewart, Infatuation, Michael Jackson, Beat It, Power Station, Some Like It Hot, Bang a Gong, there's there's Some Like It Hot again, Lionel Richie, Running with the Night, um, he writes very un-Lionel-like guitar solo at the end, Prince, Let's Go Crazy, I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis in the News, U2, New Year's Day, our band in the 80s actually played that song, even though we were a heavy metal band, but we we played that, because it, it kind of moves like a heavy song, right? Um Tim Durling also mentions, I don't know how pop you want to get with this, but Janet Jackson's Black Cat is basically a hard rock song, complete with Nuno on guitar. That, of course, is following in Brother Mike's footsteps, having Edward Van Halen on Beat It, and both were huge hits. So yes, there's an appetite for guitar rock, even if people don't know it. So that's kind of uh, the theme of this episode. So there you go. Um, if you liked this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi Rhymes with no feed.com uh, slash Martin pop off hit that red support button buy me a coffee or a pint and on that front this week i would like to thank joe becht at bel-air expediting anders berglund andy at black sugar transmission bruce campbell tim derling david fisher ryan gavalier again check out his uh, ryan's vinyl destination and his facebook writings he's uh, he's becoming uh, uh kind of a journalist on all this stuff uh darren kasabowski peter kerr um, Christopher Kement, Dennis Lawson, James Michaleff, very generous. Thank you, James. Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Kevin Turchin, again, very generous. And David Woodard, thank you all for supporting uh, this podcast. Uh, there you go. Light band, heavy single. Go play some of this stuff. There's all sorts of these songs uh, out there floating in the ether. One thing I'd like to add is, uh, you know, quite often, I don't know if this happened with too many of these ones here, but quite often, um, you know, if you were an angry young metalhead, you would hear these songs on the radio or whatever and think this album was going to be heavy. And then you'd go and spend your four ninety nine and find out that uh, that the band wasn't all that heavy. So that would happen with some of this stuff at, at times. But uh, there you go. Thanks again. Talk to you next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 